If you need help getting Social Security Disability benefits, then this podcast is for you. Give me 15 minutes and I'll pull back the curtain on disability and reveal the secrets to winning I've learned over the past 25 plus years. Hi, I'm Jonathan Ginsberg and I'm a practicing Social Security Disability lawyer. I want to help deserving claimants just like you win the benefits you deserve and not one penny less. Now, if you already know you need help today, go to ssdanswers.com for a free and confidential evaluation of your case. It takes just two minutes. That's ssdanswers.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Now, let's start the show. Hi, and welcome back to another episode here at my Social Security Disability Podcast. And today, I'd like to talk to you about how you can stand out from the crowd and convince the judge assigned to your case that you should be believed. Now realize that every claimant who appears before a Social Security judge is arguing that he or she is disabled and not able to work. And so from the judge's perspective, every person they see, uh, and judges may hear cases two or three days a week, and they may hear six or seven cases a day, every person they see sincerely, sincerely believes that they are disabled and not able to work. And of course, uh, statistically, judges approve a little bit over 40% of claims. So uh, let's say 60%, 55, 60% of the time, the judge turns down the case. Um, So what can you do to make your case stand out? And what I've found over the years is that one thing that can make a big difference if your case is not overwhelming in terms of the medical, and the one thing that you can do is to show that you have the right attitude and that you can you can and are taking concrete steps to move forward despite your disabling condition. Let me give you an example of how this works and how it has worked for me. I recently had a case, and I'll call my client John. Um, John had bulging discs in his back, but he was not a surgical candidate. He had been prescribed narcotic pain medication, which he complained left him sleepy and unable to concentrate, so he takes the narcotic pain medication as needed. He's depressed because John had been fairly active physically. He had played in a softball league, can't do that anymore, can't play golf anymore. He's uncomfortable. He's gained about 20 pounds. He's also diabetic. He's not insulin-dependent diabetic. He is diabetic, takes pills. But even with the pills, his blood sugar can reach 150, which is high. And generally speaking, if your blood sugar is over 100, you are diabetic. 150 is high, not ridiculously high, but it's high enough that it can cause damage over time. So when his blood sugar gets high and it can go to 150, 200, he will get some numbness in his right hand. He's right-handed. He will get some blurry vision. And uh, most importantly for Social Security, he does have to urinate frequently. And by the way, that's a big issue in disability cases. If you have to go to the bathroom uh, twice an hour, that's a real problem because unscheduled breaks are not something that employers put up with. And most vocational witnesses will testify that if you have to take excessive unscheduled breaks of three or four a day, that can be disabling. But we'll get back to that in a second. But again, in John's case, he has to urinate frequently when his blood sugar gets high. Um, Now, when his blood sugar is closer to 100, he does not have these problems, does not have the numbness, does not have the frequent urination. He does have a long and consistent work history, which is really good. 
He has not looked for work in the past couple of years because the work he had been doing was fairly physical, fairly strenuous, and he didn't feel he could do it. And I think, again, a lot of people think, well, if I can't go back to my past work, I'm disabled. Realize that Social Security defines disability in terms of your capacity to do any kind of work at all. But in John's case, he has not worked. Uh, he was kind of a managing a supervisor in, in a warehouse situation, so he was doing some physical work, but he's not work, looked for work in two years. He spends his day in a recliner watching TV. Um, he lost his house because of financial problems. He lives with his adult, adult daughter, lives in a room upstairs, and he spends basically most of his time in a recliner watching um, TV. So based on those facts, I will tell you that my first thought, this was a very average case because, again, we don't have a surgical situation. He's not a surgical candidate at this point. His diabetes is a problem, but it's not something that is disabling on its own. Um, and, again, when he has symptoms of frequent urination and numbness, that's more serious, but it doesn't happen all the time. He's depressed, but he's not seeking any sort of mental health counseling, and certainly there's no inpatient hospitalizations uh, or any kind of suicide attempt. So I'd say this is a very average case. Um, there is objective evidence of a spinal problem, and we do have a, a prescription for narcotic pain medication, but again, not surgical. The long work history does make a difference, but it also appears because he's not looked for any kind of work that he's given up. So I'd say that this case, as it stands, as I've described it to you, um, is not going to overwhelm most judges. I'd say, I'd say maybe 15 to 20 percent of the time he may win um, if we have a really uh, a judge that approves a lot of cases, but most judges will probably turn this case down. So that's, that's our starting point. Now, what I said before is that I think that if you can show a judge you're taking concrete steps to improve yourself and to fight the idea of being disabled, it can make a difference. So uh, I want you to keep in mind the description I've just given you, and let's add a few attributes and let's see what you think. So as I said before, John has not looked for work in a couple of years. But let's, let's assume that after he lost his long-time job, again, long-time work is a good thing, he sent out a, several dozen resumes. He managed to get hired three times, actually, but he had to quit or he was terminated after two or three weeks because his back pain flared up and he started missing time from work and he had to take his pain medications. He could not do the work. Um, second factor, even though exercise is difficult, um, he has managed to lose 15 pounds. He's on a strict diabetic diet. Um, his blood sugar flare-ups are diminishing and he's hoping that he'll be able to control his diabetes with diet soon. So he's made an, uh, an aggressive effort to lose weight. And if you're diabetic, you know it's very difficult to do, but he's managed to lose 15 pounds. Um, he asked his doctor for a home exercise program, which he's trying to do. And he also joined uh, the local YMCA, and he walks in the water, uh, water exercise, at least three days a week. Um, he also found an online course so he can learn computer skills. Now, he's not yet able to sit long enough to take a full credit course, but he is monitoring courses he's learning through free course, courses to upgrade his typing and his Internet skills. So I want you to compare the, the, the first description I gave you of John um, as he came to see me. Then let's add these three factors that he's tried to work, He's been unsuccessful working. He's managed to lose 15 pounds. He's going to the YMCA. He's got a home exercise program. 
Um, he's found an online course. He's trying to learn more things to increase his skill set. After the break, I'm going to explain to you why uh, adding these factors makes such a difference. So I'll be right back. Don't know where to begin? Get my free Secrets to Getting Approved Survival Kit. Inside the kit, I discuss such things as how do you know if you have a case? What to do if you're denied? How to avoid common mistakes? And my ever popular, how to avoid trick questions from the judge? Subscribing is free and easy. Just visit ssdanswers.com and look for the survival kit for instant access. Remember, time is eroding your position every day. Don't delay, act now. That's ssdanswers.com for your free survival kit. Okay, welcome back. And um, we had, when I'd left before, I had explained to you, I'd given you a profile of an actual client of mine who I thought had a very, very average case. Um, and as, it, as I described it for you initially, it's probably not a case that I would have taken because I don't think it was likely to be approved. But we added four factors um, to it. And attempting, John being the person, the claimant, he was attempting to work. He's trying to exercise. He's trying to learn new things. So why is why do these four factors make such a difference? Well, it shows that John is motivated. He's taking action to better himself. He's in the process. He's not just in the process. He's actually taken steps. Now, there's people sometimes will testify. I'm in the process of stopping smoking. I'm in the process of uh, learning more things. I'm in the process of home exercise. Well, are you actually doing it? Judges don't like to hear I'm in the process of doing something. Either you are or you're not. And in this case, there are four things that we can point to that John is actually doing to uh, make a difference in his life and to rejoin the workforce. So I'm gonna, if I'm the judge, I'm going to find... Uh, number two, the second with the four factors, a lot more credible and more believable because it's obvious that John has not just given up. He's not sitting at home waiting to be approved for disability. He wants to return to the workforce. And I would have no concern that he's trying to play the system and trying to get benefits um, for uh, not being particularly fully disabled. So I think in the Social Security disability world, you need to have every edge you can. And again, it's difficult out there. Social Security judges are given, under a lot of pressure to only approve cases where it is clear the person cannot work at all, cannot do any type of competitive work. And so if you have a person with uncomfortable medical issues, and clearly the, the first profile, uh, John was uncomfortable, he was depressed, he didn't feel like himself, he couldn't do what he had been doing before, he couldn't exercise, he couldn't go to work, lack of socialization. But it was not enough, in my view, to say he could not do anything at all. Could he have been a ticket taker to movie theater or a greeter at Walmart? Well, maybe. Um, but I think when you add the other factors in that he's uh, tried to work and could not, that's a huge factor because what better evidence is there of someone's capacity for work than evidence that they actually tried to work? And if we can get work records from those employers saying that he got this job and he was terminated for excessive absences or he was terminated for um, not being able to focus and concentrate on the job, that is ideal evidence. Um, I think another factor is that um, credibility. Judges you know, are going to believe you if they feel like you are really fighting the idea of being disabled. You don't, you don't have this attitude that you are disabled, pay me. 
you want to go back to work. And I tell my clients, talk to the judge about how difficult it's been uh, financially. I mentioned in the profile that John had lost his house. Well, if he testified how frustrating and how embarrassing it is to him that he lost his house, he had to move in with his, an adult with an adult child, uh, that's, that's degrading for a lot of people. It, it should, it's not his fault, but you don't feel very good about yourself if you're in your late 40s or early 50s and you've got to move in with an adult child because you can't support yourself. So talk to the judge about that. Again, when you're at a hearing, think of this in terms of painting a very, very big picture. So the judge sees it's not just about your medical issues, but it's about your life. You don't want to be here. It's embarrassing. It's it's uncomfortable not to have money, not to have a place to live, and that you want to show logically that you are fighting this every step of the way. You're taking classes. You're losing weight. Um, you're doing everything you possibly can to get better and to rejoin the workforce. And judges will not hold that against you, especially if they see you've made a good faith effort to try to improve yourself but simply cannot do so at this point and even testify to the judge that, yeah, I'm not there yet. I can't sit long enough to complete a, a credit course, but I'm monitoring courses. I'm watching YouTube videos. So I'm doing everything I possibly can, and I'm hoping within the next year or two um, I will be back to the point where I can go to work and, uh, again, regain my dignity, regain my independence. So I just want you to see how I analyze a case and the difference between what I would consider to be a very average case and one where I think the, the claimant's credibility is much, much stronger and the message being sent to the judge, this person really wants to go back to work and does not wouldn't want to be on disability for the rest of his or her life. I hope you find this helpful, and we'll, if you have any questions or thoughts or comments, let me know, and we'll add them to the list, and we'll talk about them in a future, uh, future podcast. So for now, this is Jonathan Ginsberg wishing you the best. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Subscribe to this podcast for regular updates at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you found this podcast useful, then please give me a five-star review because it helps others see the value of my information. Thank you in advance. For a 100% free and confidential evaluation of your case, visit ssdanswers.com. That's ssdanswers.com. Don't delay. Act now.